good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. My name is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to my partners in crime. Oh, we always that, do that would be that would be us too. <laughs> <laughs> we always do this. I just feel like okay, we should say to each other before we get started. I'll go second. You go third. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, okay, so I'm Seth Rodney. I'm an editor at Hyperallergic and a member of the part-time faculty at. Parsons School of Design at the New School, and it's rainy today in the South Bronx, um, but at least I have good company. How wonderful. Um, my name is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and in April, I'll be at the Modern Pop Conference, and that's in Seattle, and the theme of the conference is called Only You and Your Ghosts Will Know. Music, death, and the afterlife. I'll be wow. talking about uh, the haunting queerness of Michael Jackson, Prince, and Whitney Houston. Amazing! Wow, great, great. Wow. And you're going to be in, you're going to be at Harvard this weekend, right? Yes, I'll be at Harvard for a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about Harvard and how pretentious it sounds. <laughs> I'm going to be at Harvard, you know. Yeah. I think but, my, but you are. <laughs> but my, you are. Yeah, so that's right. My gloved with my was it no the the gilded sandals or the gilded shoes or right? Wing, oh, yes, oh, the Hermes, Hermes, the Hermes wing, yeah. sneakers. Yeah. So I'll be there talking about sexuality and how the archive works or doesn't work when it comes to scholars looking for materials around the body and what it looks like. Great. Great, mm -hmm. great. Out, awesome. out and about in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is uh, to remind everyone, I'm speaking to you from Southern California, Orange County. It's rainy here also, uh, coincidentally. Um, uh, and this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and so it's going to be our last podcast on what started out as white supremacy and and we kind of rebranded white misanthropy uh, uh, off of one of our early conversations on the topic. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we thought what we would do is kind of rehash a little bit, uh, summarize a little bit as best we can. I mean, there are several long conversations. Mm -hmm. And then maybe each of us kind of talk about where we've moved or haven't moved or things that have been provocative to us. Um, and then also kind of segue into our next topic. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've done, uh, what's about six, half a dozen, I think, uh, episodes on this. I meant to actually look exactly, uh, before mm -hmm. we started, but, um, you know, and we covered some ground, you know, we started, we talked about, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, we talked about, uh, kind of the narrative of, of uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, self-reliance, uh, mm -hmm. kind of in, in that, to use in a, a traditional American phrase from Emerson. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about uh, the responsi whose responsibility it is to, mm -hmm. um, to educate, quote-unquote, white people about um, sort of the historical consciousness of race in the United mm -hmm. States and the Americas mm -hmm. more broadly. Um, we talked about white misanthropy, right, as opposed to white mm -hmm. supremacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, we talked about um, the actual structural impediments. Actual is I'm I'm loading that it's a little too much. Um, uh, we talked about structural, current, contemporary structural impediments to African American progress, Black progress in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, anything else that jumped out at you guys? That I I mean, so as far as the summary, I know we're going to kind of talk about how we've how we've moved or haven't moved. But. Well, well, one of the things that we did, and uh, and I think Stephen kind of pushed us in this direction was to talk about how white misanthropy hurts whites. 
Mm, yes, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, how, that was our last conversation, actually. Right, like how damaged they are because the ideology doesn't really give them any room to become who they fully are, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about how if you're in a position where you are demonstrably afraid of mm-hmm. someone being better than you, more masculine, more virile, more powerful, and mm-hmm. that you keep your foot on their necks so that you can say, no, actually, I'm, I'm actually, I'm more powerful. Right. That puts you in a position where you're never able to be honest with yourself about deep, yeah. about things at, that are deeply important to you. And, mm-hmm. and we, and I remember we talked a bit about how this leaks over or the analogy that I use was, um, the boy wanting to have a butterfly painted on his face. This is right. I should mention to our listeners that I'd gotten that story wrong. It was colors I'd used. And it wasn't colors. It was a boy who wanted butterfly. a butterfly. Okay. That's right. Because I sent the, the link around with the, um, the what's it called? Twitter exchange on mm-hmm. it. Uh, and, that, and we looked at that example as illustrative of how much the soul, which I think we all think of as kind of, as not kind of, we all think of as equal and in some really profound way, eternal, mm-hmm. right? That, that the thing, there's some spark in us that cannot, that, that should not die, uh, that should not be curtailed by mean-spirited and myopic ideologies Mm -hmm. that that is in some ways always curtailed by white misanthropy by the kind of deep-seated fear of the black body or brown body right or just difference right or just difference correct yeah it was in the same conversation we talked about what it meant to be human right right that's right and and, that's right and And that's right you came up with some with a beautiful uh uh if i if i remember correctly travis you had said something really profound about that please go back to that podcast and listen to it about our capacity to do something i forget say it again please I think cooperate with strangers. That was it. Yeah, that was quite. Yeah, that was quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I think one of the things I pulled from the few past conversations: one's language, and how mm. important it is to shape the language to fit what we think is happening and to refine mm. it as it goes along. So mm-hmm. white misanthropy, misanthropy, is a term that I pulled uh, that I got from Ty Shaw, a woman who lives in, a sexologist who lives in Atlanta, and I was thinking about the body. And the mm-hmm. and just how we are all really one thing. So mm. this so most recently at the church church excuse me the Christ Church mosque shootings, mm. uh, the um, what was it the Prime Minister uh, mm-hmm. said you know assault rifles are banned right just immediately, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she didn't hesitate to say that this was a terrorist act. She didn't hesitate to do the things that America hesitates to do or sort of massages when it comes to language, mm-hmm. um, or just very, what plain up plain up refuses to do. Right, you know, th- this guy was a lone wolf or this guy had a really wonderful childhood, but look how he ended up. And so <laughs> there's allegedly a, a sort of a, a white uh, misanthropic um, thinker who is, they call, responsible for this shooter's thinking. And he's a gay person. He's gay, you know, so you would think that 
Everyone makes the mistake of thinking that difference in you makes you more sensitive or more thoughtful about difference mm. in the world. Um, and so the reason, the reason why I want to bring it up is that I'm, I'm always sort of shocked and moved by the idea that we have all this difference in the world when it comes to, say, vegetation, you know, plants, you know, plants mm. just grow up against other plants. Yes, there are times when other plants try to get more shade or more uh, moisture or what have you. But there's this um, documentary, which name escapes me at the moment, where it's no longer a smart thing to do to separate trees that are different. You need to have all those trees together because they mm-hmm. work together to for, to survive. So for natural parks, these kinds of things, you want to make sure that you no longer do that because difference is a really wonderful organic thing. Mm-hmm. And we still hold close to this idea as humans that if I have all the black people around me or all the white people around me or just all the women or all the men, then everything will be okay. And it just feels very, um, very retarded thinking for that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I mean, I, I wanna, mean that in I wanna, a way. No, I want to, I want to yeah. actually rescue this word a little bit. I mean, I understand that it gets misused a lot. Retarded is not oftentimes not the correct word to use, but mm-hmm. retarded in the sense of it being the kind of thinking that is, prevented from forward action, from from progressive um, uh, encapsulation mm-hmm. of, of rigor. Like, yeah. that, in that sense, okay. it is retarded. It is literally held back. Thank so, you. So, two, one thing. Um, so, you know, the, the harmony of plants, um, you know, evolutionarily, you know, it was the gymnosperms um, that preceded the angiosperms, right? So the gymnosperms okay. are, you know, things like ferns and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. you you get increasing sophistication in the plant world through competition. So they, they okay. literally do try to outgrow one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a certain point, you know, they at a certain point in its, I'm going somewhere in particular with this, in, in, at mm-hmm. a certain point in their development, that competition leads to a complex ecosystem in which these things are able to live together uh, cooperatively and to, for mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a very apt analogy to the human world, which is that it is certainly true that in our past, and that because it is in our past, it is still a vital aspect of who we are potentially. Uh, we can be tribal. We can be individualistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can cling very closely to things that don't threaten us. But mm-hmm. our social evolution has shown us that that if through the through millennia of competition that we can exist in larger ecosystems in which we are more cooperative mm-hmm. and more successful because of that cooperation and and we are white misanthropy is a kind of ideology which plays to the worst parts of us it plays to a part of us it's not that it's not that it's not a part of us. It's that it's the baser part of us. It's yeah. it's the part of us that that doesn't profit us as uh, on a larger scale. It doesn't help us live in mm-hmm. these larger communities together. No, you're um, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think and you know one of the areas where we had some contention around it, which I think were productive productive conversations for me, is that. To me, most of what exists in current contemporary discourse is deeply infected by that white misanthropy, mm. even even okay. when it wants to call itself something else, like black uh, national, like black national. Oh, well, no. right. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but but that's just the most uh, kind of on the nose example, right? I mean, there are mm. a, a, 
variety of tribalisms and that that have be, we that have infected our discourse. Zionism. And, yeah, and they're, they're yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not aspirational. Like what? Wh- what is aspirational in in mm-hmm. in in some of the the rhetorics that we are surrounded by? Mm-hmm. Um, that that for me is a problem that I, we didn't um, we didn't solve. Of course, we didn't solve it, right? <laughs> a, I mean, it's a deep it's a deep problem right now. But there must be a way forward. There has to be a way mm-hmm. to jettison that language, that rhetoric, mm-hmm. those rhetorical strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we have any shot as a polity of moving into the future as a coherent whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that doesn't happen, we will pull ourselves apart. We will. I mean, it it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in our lifetimes. And I don't mean in some like Ben Shapiro does this all the time. Yes, yes, I'm afraid of tyranny in the next fifty to hundred years. When he talks about this all the time. Like, so, so I, I don't. I mean, I don't mean it in a. I don't mean it in a like fallback position. Therefore, I can make any argument I want. I right. mean that we are mm-hmm. seeing the contours. We are seeing the fault lines that will emerge mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. the end of our lives and our children's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that around which the country will devolve, mm-hmm. and and that. Uh, is of deep concern to me. That de- devolution, de-evolution is, has been happening for quite some time. Mm. And it's been masked sometimes mm-hmm. as progress in the sense that we are, that we have continuously separated ourselves into different, not just categories, but neighborhoods. And, and also even our education at times doesn't help us reckon with this difference thing, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that's meaningful um, and useful because I I just feel like this is so not the best we could do, <laughs> you know, despite how we talk about technology. Technology feels like it's 30, 40 years ahead of us. We're still catching up with it and we're still playing the same games. You know, we're still playing the good, bad, that thing over there. I don't like that thing. That thing is scared. Build a wall, build a wall, build a wall. There's no wall. And mm-hmm. that wall represents something very intellectually disturbing to me. Mm. because it, it lies about safety. It lies mm. about being comfort. You know, it lies mm. about all those things. And so I think that we've been experiencing <laughs> a, a very, very striking, but often masked de-evolution of, of what's possible. And a cooperation, I think, is what I really love, that idea of cooperation, because if you spend more time, or if you spend some time investing in someone else's good, you know, someone else's comfort. I think you'd be more, I think we'd have a better chance at like, you know, not fucking up the world even more, you know? Mm. Yeah. There's a woman that I know in the art scene, Sharon Loudon, and Stephen knows mm-hmm. her too. Um, Sharon uh, and Stephen and I actually have been working together on uh, proposing a book that Stephen and I would co-edit about artists artists as writers, artists mm-hmm. as writers living sustainable lives, how they got to the position they got to. And one of the things that Sharon constantly says in her public talks, and she's had occasion to give many of them because she wrote the book, uh, I have it right here, in fact, Living and Sustaining a Creative Life and the Artist mm-hmm. as Cultural Producer. And she's toured on those books extensively. And one mm-hmm. of the things she says to people who want to be successful artists is 
And this is, I think, her number one piece of advice. Help other artists. Nice. Help mm -hmm. other artists because you live in an ecosystem in which that help always comes back around to you. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. That there is, yeah, of course, there's competition for limited resources when the art scene. That's absolutely what occurs. But at the same time, and, and, I, and I constantly am reminded of something I read by someone like, this is incorrect, but I, someone like Steven Pinker, but someone like mm -hmm. that, some, some public intellectual who tends to talk about and through big ideas and through big historical movements mm -hmm. about what it is at certain junctures in time that saved us. And cooperation at a particular moment in our evolution saved us. It, mm -hmm. Literally, mm -hmm. when we were mm -hmm. living those hard scrabble lives of nomadic hunting and gathering, when we face animals with much greater physical prowess than us, mm -hmm. the only ways that we could combine and overcome those kinds of animals combine and to, to, to prevent ourselves from dying with, with, with stretches of famine uh, uh, was through cooperation. And mm -hmm. this is one of those, and unfortunately I don't have a, enough of a grasp of that kind of, the, specific, the specifics of our evolutionary history to tell you what mm -hmm. period in particular an archaeologist might be able to identify. But I can say, big picture, mm -hmm. this is how we got here. We managed somehow to cooperate, despite our tribal differences and despite our competition for resources. Mm -hmm. I, and I and I wonder, as we talk about this, because we're, I think we're ping ponging between a kind of certain clear-eyed realization of what the landscape looks like for us right now, culturally, mm -hmm. politically, intellectually. I think we're ping ponging between a kind of clear-eyed understanding of what we we are faced with and a kind of despair because mm. because all of us recognize that the voices that are truly imaginative and promise promising are few and far between in our culture and mm -hmm. and most of them don't get the kind of airtime that Ben Shapiro does or Rush Limbaugh or even people who are just kind of half-baked intellectuals like <laughs> like um, Bill Maher. Like the, the mm -hmm. people who like only occasionally get it right. Mm -hmm. Get so much yeah. more airtime than people yeah. who are deeply thoughtful, mm -hmm. promising thinkers like Ta-Nehisi Coates or... Well, he gets he gets plenty of attention. No, but not in the way that Bill Maher does, right? Like not in the well, way yeah, but, that, but, that Ben but, Shapiro does. But, to but your Bill point, Maher's been sixty. He's sixty-five. He's been doing what he's doing for a very long time. I mean, I'm not saying I, I would. I would tend to side with Ta-Nehisi Coates' arguments before Bill Maher's, but mm -hmm. I don't necessarily. Yeah. Anyway, I, I let Stephen jump in because yeah, I, I, I don't really have a. I was just going to say to your point, point, Seth, that I I think that there are a lot more people out there, obviously, that don't have a name in the street, that are not right. camera ready, that won't have mm. blogs, who will never right. write anything, right. but mm -hmm. their their activists and their of justice work is so critical to our development. 
Mm-hmm. So those are the folks who probably will never have a platform or use a platform. Maybe they're not comfortable with it, but they're busy doing the work <laughs> of community work. So it could be. Yeah, a, mm-hmm. yeah uh, the, the the conclusion to the great English novel Middlemarch uh, by George Eliot, Marianne mm-hmm. Evans. Um, mm-hmm. She talks about the growing good of the world mm-hmm. and how the growing good of the world is mostly dependent on these people that you will never hear of. That right, are, absolutely. You know, it's kind of these unseen gestures of kindness. Um, and I, it's two, two things that you said, Seth, that I, I wanted to, to build on. One, you can have cooperation and competition simultaneously. It's totally, Indeed. it's, I mean, it's... Indeed. They are not, I mean, and I know you're not saying this. I mean, this is, this is, no, this is the other side that says things like this. Right. Well, you know, the world is tough and... Like, you can be both. Like, you know, you can absolutely cheer on and help other artists and encourage other artists mm-hmm. and also be competitive with them in, in loving and mutually beneficial ways. Oh, like, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this other, you know, like stepping on the, the neck of your brother or sister. Oh, to, right, or to, taking the you know, knife to their back. Yeah. Right. But we kind of celebrate that in our entertainment, though. We, we like these quote unquote hero antiheroes or people who do this kind of stuff. We celebrate those people. Um, you mean the ones that's, that like that stab them in the back kind of thing? That stab them in the back or say, you know, they're ruthless okay. and they're at the top uh, of their game uh-huh. and you know, so we kind of celebrate that kind of person. You know? We do mm-hmm. we do. And I have yeah. to I have to say to 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 make a really quotidian analogy. But I, I, you know, I'm a fan of basketball. Well, you know, Travis, you are too. I know. Um, Stephen, I'm not sure whether you. Can. What's basketball? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are moments when I was when I was playing in a park when I was a kid, and I've seen this in other instances, but not so much in the NBA. But when you're going up against someone who's really good, mm-hmm. and you find a way to do something that troubles their shot or cuts off a certain line, uh, uh, offensive strategy that they had. And then they find some way to do the same to you, or they find a way around your new mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen this, and I've experienced this myself, when somebody does that and he, and he gets by me and he, and he makes the layup, and I'm like, good shot, baby. Like, impressed mm-hmm. that they did it, understanding that we're in competition and I'm supposed to stop him, and I want mm-hmm. to stop him. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of also at the same time standing outside myself and going, all right, all mm-hmm. right, you did that. That was that was badass. I love that. Mm-hmm. That you can you can do you can live in that space of saying, Yes, I need to play this I'm playing this game with you where I want to stop you from scoring on me. But when you do, I'm gonna applaud you because mm. that was some nice play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 kind of living in and outside of yourself at the same time knowing that you're part of a larger something you know and that's That's beautiful that's a wonderful space and it's it's great to have all those feelings rather than Mm. simply have the one i've got to beat this person Mm. and that's all that matters which is the problem with white misanthropy like all like it's so focused on we have to beat these people we have to keep our enclave free of these people Right. So let, let but me every, ask but a, those people are in those question. people. So, so go ahead. I just want to say. So let me let me let me let me ask both of you, mm-hmm. more Stephen, but but Seth also, because mm-hmm. um, you know, probably got about five five minutes left in the podcast. Yeah. Um. I you know I had said uh, you know and I think Seth correctly uh, summarized that you know there's 
trying to to sort of grope our way to a better narrative or a better story about how we move forward, but but both feeling some sense of despair, uh, mm-hmm. or all of all three of yeah. us feeling some sense of despair. Mm-hmm. So I would like I'd like to ask both of you to do something uh, which I would consider fairly hard, um, mm. which is can you f- not, rather than criticizing low hanging fruit like the wall and Trump and things mm. like mm-hmm. that, mm. or the Nation of Islam or something like that, mm. you know, uh, Louis Farrakhan. Are either of you able to criticize movements that you reflexively identify with and identify the ways in which they also are infected with the kind of the same sort of metaphysics that uh, that infect white misanthropy? Oh yeah, easily the LGBTQ movement, absolutely. Mm. Um, Speak on that, please. Yes. Well, just in short, there's this inflexibility that really it, I don't want to use or use the word intersectionality, but they intersect these these ideas. And sometimes there are radical gays who don't accept fluidity, you know, a bisexual right. person or someone who was formerly um, a queer person, but now they're trans and they've decided that now they're heterosexual. Right. I think there was an argument that the LGBTQ center at one point, maybe a couple of years ago, was thinking about taking the T and reducing it because these people were going on to be heterosexual presumably, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that inflexibility has always been at the core of the modern LGBTQ movement. I just Mm. gave a talk um, yesterday where I'm talking about Marsha P. Johnson, Stormy DeLarvely, and Sylvia Rivera. These people, Black and Latino trans people and a a drag queen, were the sparks of of Stonewall, essentially. They were there. Mm -hmm. And so... But less than a year, they were pushed aside because they did not reflect what the more conservative, white, straight-looking gays and lesbians wanted the movement to look like. Mm -hmm. So that inflexibility and that toxicness has plagued the movement ever since 1969, essentially. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I I suppose that in my neck of the woods, essentially the art scene in New York City, Mm -hmm. although really that's a, a hub which connects me to... Lots of other art, regional art scenes, LA, big big cities, other big cities. I think one of the ways that I am moved, or the primary way I'm moved to talk about issues in my own backyard with the underlying metaphysics being problematic, though they show up or expressed as allegiances to people of color and mm-hmm. allegiance to putting forward the the work and practices and histories of women. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found that really difficult for me to deal with is this idea that just because you are a person of color or a woman and you show up and you have a viable art practice, that you deserve attention. And that mm-hmm. the critical attention that you are given should be essentially laudatory. Like it should mm-hmm. always be sort of raising you up. It's not, mm. I don't think I would find this or one would find this easily in print somewhere. It is an underlying sort of voce attitude. And I encounter this when mm. I write critically about particular artists like, I don't know, Torquase Dyson. Um, mm-hmm. A woman is probably my age. She teaches at Yale. She comes from a very of um, upstanding, well-known family, does work that is difficult at the best 
to um, define. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is clearly a, a, an intellectual, mm-hmm. but her work in, in in practice in in this sort of phenomenological encounter with it for me does mm-hmm. very little does very little for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a better example is Juliana Huxtable. I've written about her work a couple of times. She's a woman who is trans who basically does work around her origin story about how she came to be Juliana Huxtable. That's not her birth name. All all of the work that I've seen about her essentially reflects this notion that she has kind of sprouted full-blown, full bloom in and in and of her own powers, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's sort of willed herself into the world. And she has a lot... Yeah, and this uh, right, mm-hmm. and this and this work uh, that that she makes some of its text based and a lot of its photography is mm-hmm. all about how she this has be- has become the person that she has envisioned. And I want to say mm. that's all well and good, but what else do I get from this except the story okay. of you? And and I've not yet encountered anybody who's been willing or able. To just call this out to say this is how this is one of the ways in which this work seriously fails because it fails to look beyond the borders of the self. Mm. Right? It is. It is mm-hmm. an essential. It, essentially, it is solipsistic. Right? It is about mm-hmm. the, the the her being the center of that of her known universe, and um, and and this happens. And I and and one of the one of the th- I will say this, uh, and uh, and maybe I'll just end here. One of the ways in which I take my job, not a job, my responsibility, because I remember that distinction mm-hmm. being uh, mm-hmm. being part of our conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the responsibilities I conscientiously take on for myself is that I call precise, I call this kind of thing out. I say, mm-hmm. no, we are failing to, we are failing ourselves if we don't recognize that this is what this thing is, right? As as uh-huh. as I've described it. And I will continue to do that work. Regardless of whether people celebrate me for it, I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It is, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, wonderful use of sotto voce in a sentence. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I, I know uh, one of the things that the conversations have helped me with. I mean, our conversations in general um, Mm -hmm. and in this conversation in particular is that I will continue to work on uh, forcefully and honestly uh, rejecting any community that is not organized around the uh, the principle of radical self-expression. Um. And, and, and I, I mean that as the mm-hmm. individual, n- not as a product of itself. The individual can never be a product of itself. The individual is always a product of the community and other people. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but that as an object has to be held sacred by the community. Otherwise, tyranny is always on deck. Mm. Um, well said. And, mm-hmm. and, and, mm. and so I... Uh, and that and that means for me rejecting a lot of things that I would otherwise find easy agreement uh, if the method by which the answer is derived is 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 arrived at in a in a fallacious way. Right. So, okay. 
You know, I'm, I am entirely in favor of a variety of, of, well, I don't, I don't want to, we're running out of time. I, I, I want to say, I want to end on I, 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 what I think is on this topic, which I actually think is, is a hopeful and actually would make some real demonstrable difference in people's lives. Mm. I, I don't know that it'll, obviously that it'll happen, but the fact that mainstream democratic candidates are seriously talking about reparations that's a big, it's a, big, it's, it's, big deal. It's a big, it's a big deal. I now, can absolutely it's, concur. It's mm-hmm. the primaries. You know, people are scrambling for voters, all yeah. the rest of that. But, I mean, this was such a, like, absolutely on the fringe idea, right. what, five years ago? Exactly. I mean, so, I mean it was so... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, just, yeah, like yeah. yesterday, right? right. Yeah. The fact <laughs> that this is seriously being discussed by right. people that are being taken seriously by the... That's mm-hmm. a big, big, big deal. And, um, and, and, that, and that possibility for action makes me somewhat hopeful. Yeah, mm. I agree. Okay. I want I want Elizabeth Warren to run on the ticket as president, and Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever as VP. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, like that. So, that would be my yeah. ticket. Stephen, mm. do you want to have the last word? Take us out. Ah, uh, I. The last word is the last word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I think what you said. I'm still marinating on what you just said about um. The community rejecting a community that's not about um, radical self-expression, yeah. and also I just all the sacred cows have to go. So all I really like that. They yeah. just have to go. Amen. So next uh, series of conversations is going to be one that 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 Mr. Webb over here has to do a lot of reading about because I'm just you know other than my cursory adolescent experience of him, I don't know much, and we're going to talk about Michael Jackson. Mm. Uh, and and we are we we are not. I tr- I tried to spin this into some other topic that that Seth correctly <laughs> called me out on. So so uh, we're going to talk about Michael Jackson uh, for a series of weeks, uh, probably from a variety of angles. Um, uh, and I'll have a lot of learning to do uh, on the topic. So yeah, you'll well, enjoy so do it. we all. So do we yeah, all. You'll enjoy yeah. it. It's, it's but I, and I love. So, I'm sorry, Stephen. I interrupted you. Go ahead again. Oh no, you're just going to love the ride. It's a, it's a good ride. Because yeah. Michael Jackson's life and career intersect so many different things that we've talked about in the past. Yeah, so I yeah. think you'll really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it is a beautiful link to that idea of just being iconoclastic and killing all the sacred cows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, my friends. I will, uh, I'll speak to you next week. Okay. Cool, great. Take, right, care. take care. Take care. Bye-bye.